Welcome to the week six edition of the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I am Joe Serrera, and I am joined once again this week, as always, by... Spencer Turkin in the house. Excellent. We've got some huge games to talk about this week. Other than other than a playoff week, this is this is the best schedule I think we've got all season in terms of, of great matchups. And we're going to start with number one East Forsyth going to number four Page, a game that was. I didn't see the Mallard Creek East Forsyth game last year, but I did see East Forsyth Page. That was the best game I saw all last season, a 31-30 win for East over in Kernersville. Spencer, this is a game we've been looking forward to all season. Yeah, uh, this is the one that's been circled on a lot of people's calendars. This is also the one that if you're just a high school football fan in general uh, in the state of North Carolina, uh, at least in this portion of the state, you're probably coming to this ball game. Last year, this was the best regular season game. Um, uh, these two teams are both really strong on defense. Uh, uh, these are these are two hard-hitting ball clubs. Uh, they like to get after it. They flock to the ball. Uh, East Forsyth and Todd Willard. I know that they're uh, they are not counting their chickens before they hatch. Obviously, they've pretty much rolled through their schedule so far, and and that tighter win against Tabor at the beginning of the year is looking like a better and better win as the season goes on. Um, that's a really good team that Todd Willard has, and, and that defense has been a lot better than in years past. Uh, quarterback Brandon Bowens took a monster hit from Braylon Faze and Walden last week. He came back, seems to be okay. Yeah, if you haven't seen uh, a video good. of that, check it out. Uh, it, Spencer yeah, has tweeted uh, we, it. We've all retweeted it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's one of the harder high school hits you'll, you'll ever see, and we're glad that uh, Brandon Bowens is okay after that one. Yeah, uh, and that was his welcome to uh, welcome to high school football moment right there. Uh, but the big thing in this game is going to be that Page offensive line. Can they hold up against the front seven of East Forsyth? If they can, Will Jones and Javon Leak will put points on the board, um, and it will be a fantastic game. If they cannot. This one may get out of hand. Yeah, I mean, and and you've also you talk about the front the front seven for East Forsyth. Let, let's not forget about a secondary that's got Wisconsin commitment Madison Cone and uh, 2019 top 100 recruit Khalid Martin back there. So you know it's not like they if they survive the front seven they can pick apart that secondary. That secondary is pretty good too. But Will Jones is is one of the two best quarterbacks in our area. He and Hendon Hooker. Depending on what you're looking for in a quarterback, you're go, you're going to find it pretty much with either of those guys. Guys. And this is the kind of game where Will Jones can really make a difference. He made some great throws last year. He threw he threw about a 45-50 yard touchdown strike last year. Uh, I believe it was to James Ellis in that game at, at East that was just on a rope, 50 yards in the air to the end zone, and, and over defensive backs hand could not have been thrown any better. It he, was it was actually to Miles Faison. You're right. You're right. Uh, and and uh, it was straight down the middle. Uh, it was a post route. And it was unbelievable. Uh, it was one of the tighter throws that we've seen in, in a long time. And that was that was Will Jones laying it in on a dime. And, and you are right about the secondary, but that's what makes the front seven so good. Yeah. Is that 
you're, you're forced into coverage sacks yes. almost every single time you try and throw. And they can bring a lot of pressure because they're not afraid to leave those kids out there on an island because th- those islands are, are pretty well covered when you're talking about Madison Cone, Khalid Martin, and some of the other guys that they've got back there. You know, and and, and they'll play man. Oh, and yeah. They'll play man. They'll play cover zero. And that enables this, that front front seven or whatever number they choose to bring to get home because you know you could bring as many, almost as many guys as you need to. And you mentioned the page defense. Some of their score lines this year, since their opener, which was a loss to, to Davie County, 39-29. We've talked about all the mistakes that Page made in that game, but since then, if you look at the scores, you think Page has given up a lot of points. It's misleading because they have gotten into their, their second and third team guys so early in some of their games since then, almost every game, that Will Jones isn't playing a lot in the second half. Javon Leak's not playing a lot in the second half, and a lot of their guys on defense are not playing a lot in the second half. Most of those points are 20 points in the in the fourth quarter, you know, a lot of a lot of very late touchdowns, and that can be a little bit misleading. That Page defense is very good. And and this is just going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah, it is. And, and you're talking about another top 100 recruit in Allen Tisdale who yep. has interest from almost every ACC school. Yep. And you're talking about Alex Gray and Tyler DeBerry uh, and and all those guys. And those guys can lay the wood, too. Yeah. That is a very strong defense. Yep, yeah. And just another reason to watch this game, just a number of future FBS players you're going to see on the field here is going to be very impressive. Speaking of FBS players, the game I'm going to be at Friday night, number two Dudley, heading down to Rockingham, Hamlet, Richmond County. Uh, this is a huge game oh. for Dudley, huge non-conference game. Dudley's only regular season loss in the last couple of years was 14-12 at home last year to Richmond County. And, you know, the, the Panthers have been thinking about this one for quite a while and would like nothing better than to go down there and uh, put a hurt on on a Richmond County team that has their quarterback from last year, Leon Ziegler, back, and he's tough. I mean, that, that is a good football team. Their only loss was 42-41 to Matthews Butler. We know how good that team is every year. So, you know, this is another very good Richmond County team and a, and a great test for Dudley. Uh, look, it's one of the premier blue-chip programs in this state. Uh, a lot of Twitter trash talk between these two this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the Richmond County Twitter account sent out a, uh, a scoreboard tweet with a picture from last year, just reminding the, ban- the Panthers about what happened. But, uh, but Richmond County doesn't have uh, the number six quarterback in the nation, according to Tom Lemming from CBS Sports. That is Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that report came out this week, and uh, and it was impressive. He sat there and said flat out that Hendon Hooker mm-hmm. uh, is going to be the best quarterback to go to Virginia Tech since Michael Vick, and that's including a NFL starter in Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. So and, and Logan Thomas, who was like a high that, draft pick. Yeah. Right. So you look at a guy like that. And you say, well, "Wow, I mean that, that's a big that's a big thing." Well, Tom Lemming's also the only guy that had Michael Vick in his top 100 come out of high school. Yep. So that's a big time comparison. And he said flat out that Hendon's a guy who could put on 40 pounds and still move at four or five. Yeah. So you're you're talking about a freak here. And let's face it, at six five to ten, he's still moving and he's moving quickly. Yes. And he's going to put a bunch of yards on you if he can play in all four quarters. And he actually did last week for the first time all season. And he'll have to play all four quarters in this one, and then he'll probably get a break for almost the rest of the year minus the page game. Uh, But this is a guy who doesn't have very many miles on him, and and he can play. 
Yeah. And, and then you also factor in the guys that you can't even count them on two hands that are going to play college football on the doubly roster. And you have to sit there and, and say to yourself, if they can stay within themselves, not get overwhelmed, and actually start and finish the game, play all four quarters right. from the opening kickoff to that last horn, they will win this game and they can win it easily. But Dudley's problem the last few years has been getting behind and not being able to dig themselves out of holes when it matters most. Mm. They cannot afford to get into a hole. Cannot. No. And and they made they made some mistakes last week. I don't know if some of it was, was looking ahead to this game or they played Fayetteville Pine Forest, which came into the game at 4-0. Not a bad football team, but certainly not Richmond County. You know, seven holding penalties against Dudley. Now, some of those were, were Hendon Hooker's fault, according to Coach Stephen Davis. And Hendon admitted as much that he put his offensive lineman in some tough positions where he uh, bounced a play outside or didn't freelanced a little bit, didn't didn't run exactly what they had called, and his offensive lineman got caught trying to protect him and holding a little bit, but. He also made some phenomenal plays when, when uh, Pine Forest cut it to 15-7 with uh, 38 seconds to go in the first half. Dudley gets the ball back, uh, ends up at, at its own 49 with six seconds to go, and Hennon Hooker throws a 51-yard strike down the right sideline to D.J. Cross. And, and D.J. Crossen is another player I mentioned in our players to watch for this week. He does a lot of things for that team. He has three te- uh, catches this season, all for touchdowns. He's their number two guy in passes broken up. He's their top kick returner. In a tight game like this, Crossan, who is committed to North Carolina, as you uh, he announced with you before the Dudley game uh, earlier in the year, uh, Spencer, he's a guy who could make a difference, who, who could make that one play that might make a difference if it's not Hendon Hooker. Uh, yeah, and he's a guy that Larry Fedora is extremely excited about. Um, a guy who, when you, when you look at him, and not too physically imposing, but just blazing fast and really smart. Yeah. Very smart, humble young man. And that goes a long way. Yep. Yep. In terms of, of respect from teammates and, and just, just focusing on playing the game. And, and he's he's made some big plays. He was the guy on that, that catch from, from Hooker and that was that was the key play in the game. They go instead of it being a fifteen seven game at halftime with, with some major sweat for the Panthers, it's twenty one seven and Pine Forest goes in dejected and they never recovered from that. Next game we want to talk about another great matchup this week. Number six Southeast Guilford coming off of its bye week at number seven Southwest Guilford five and zero. Cowboys are five and zero for the first time since 1984. Before the season, Spencer, I seem to remember you saying that they would they would have a winning record this season, which they haven't had in a while, and uh, it's coming true. Yeah, uh, and I believe that the only way that they won't secure that uh, is if they lose. Six out of their seven last games, if I'm not mistaken. That would be correct. Uh, I mean, and, and I don't think that Eric Rainey's ball club is going to do that. They're too talented. Uh, Jaron Rainey and and, uh, and Nolan Johnson and company are just a, a fun bunch to watch. It and they play together. They play strong. The competition they have faced hasn't been, you know, blow your socks off type kind of teams. Uh, and they're going to have a struggle against East Forsyth uh, when it comes time for that matchup in conference play. And But this is a team that wasn't afraid to go and take care of Northwest Guilford last year. Yes. This is a team that has stood toe-to-toe with some of the better competition in this area and taking care of business. And they're going to have a tough matchup this week against Southeast Guilford. 
Uh, my only concern with Southwest is that they're not going to have the ball enough to do anything. Yeah. Southeast Guilford might just wear them down and wear them down. Uh, this is a team that could drive eight out of 12 minutes in a quarter oh, and yeah. make sure you, you don't get the ball. Yeah, yeah. And, and a, a, a team that, that just plays strong physical football, you, you know, I, I talked to Coach Rainey at Southwest today. You know, he says when you when you play one of Coach Fritz, Coach Fritz Sessenthaler's teams, you know exactly what you're going to get. They're going to play hard for 48 minutes. They're not going to make a lot of mistakes. They're not going to beat themselves. You know, they are going to be physical. And if you're not ready to match their physicality and you're not ready to hang with them for 48 minutes, they will beat you. And that's what they did. Southeast, the last time they played, they were down 13 nothing. Nothing early at Northwest. Thomas Hennigan got hurt. Obviously, a huge blow for Northwest. But they came back and cut it to 13-12 with less than a minute to go. And Coach Fritz went for two. They picked it up. They beat Northwest 14-13. You know, that, that's the kind of team that they are. And they have the experience in one, winning one of those close games now this year. And if they come down to that situation against Southwest Guilford, that might be the difference in the game. But this Southwest Guilford team is a lot better defensively than they get credit for. I mean, we I think of them more as an offensive team with guys like Jaron Rainey and uh, Bryson Jumper, the running back. Mm. You know, They're an offensive team, but they're holding opponents to 8.6 points a game this season. Now, as you said, not as strong a schedule as maybe Southeast has played, but that's still pretty good defense. Defense, especially when they've had their starters out at the end of some games. So th- this is going to be a good matchup. Another contrast in styles, not, a- not unlike the Southeast-Northwest game. And speaking of Northwest, they had last week off, tried to recover a little bit from the emotional toll that losing their do-everything player, Thomas Hennigan, in that Southeast game has had on them. He has a microfracture in his left knee, no ligament damage, no definite date on when he's going to return, but they certainly expect to have him back before the season's over. This week, they go to Grimsley, and you know this this will be their first game since the opener, which uh, Thomas Hennigan missed because he was recovering from an illness, but they need to get more guys involved in the offense the way that they did in their opener, and that's the only way they're, they're going to be rolling when Thomas comes back. I expect Cameron Cloud to have a huge game this week. I expect to see him uh, coming across the formation on jet sweep. I expect to see him lining up in the backfield. Uh, I expect him to play a major, major role in the game plan. This could be a trap game. This could be a trap game. This Grimsley team earned a vote in the poll for me this week. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give it up right now. Mm-hmm. They earned a vote in the poll for me. Yeah, they got smacked at East Forsyth. But they played tough. They didn't quit. And uh, this is a team that can lay the wood. They've got a couple of really good defenders, Raylan Faison, Walden, Jeff Jeffries. Uh, uh, this, is, this is a team that is... <laughs> can sneak up on you. They've uh-huh. got a couple wins already this year. They've got a coach who knows what he's doing in Daryl Brown. Uh, this is this is a team that if you're not on your game, they will take you down. This could be a trap game. Yeah, interesting little, little storyline here. Uh, Daryl Brown's predecessor at Grimsley as the head coach. Pat Neal did, did a solid job with the uh, Whirlies. He's now the defensive coordinator at Northwest Guilford. So he's going to know personnel, but I think you know he, he may want to show his, his former team something, and some of his former players may want to show him something. So you know that, that's another little storyline to look for. And you mentioned Cameron Cloud, you know, the, the other guy who, who Northwest 
just has to keep involved consistently in games. And when he's involved, he is a factor, as we know, as Trey Turner. You know, one of one of the top top uh, juniors in the country, and he was involved early against Southeast and wasn't involved much after that. And you know, he was he almost won that game for Northwest at the end after Southeast had taken the lead. The first play from scrimmage after that. He's, he beats a, a defender one-on-one and is, is flying down the left sideline, and they just couldn't make the connection with quarterback Jacob Leonard. But they could have turned right around and won that game on that play because Trey Turner is that much of a factor. But he, they have to get him touches. They have to keep him involved because there, there are very few guys on the field who could match up with him. Maybe maybe Braylon Faison Holden can match up with him, but there aren't a lot of other players with his size and speed combination. And you know they've, they've got to get Cameron cloud involved they've got to keep trey involved they've got to get running back kyle finney touches you know if they can do those things they they have the weapons they still have enough players on both sides of the ball without thomas hennigan to win but they have to believe that they can win without him and the good thing for northwest is if they get on a little bit of a roll here if they win this game and win a couple games when thomas hennigan does come back everybody else is going to be involved and they're going to have that many more ways to beat you and that could make them even more dangerous in the playoffs i think especially if they go to the east yes well that you know that that's the big question around here if you're if you're in 4 AA, you really don't want to end up in the west with east forsyth west forsyth with charlotte mallard creek with some of the other schools you're going to have to get there the East is not quite as strong. Page found that out last year, getting to the state championship game. Not that that wasn't a very, very good Page team. Nothing to belittle their accomplishment in winning the East, but the West was stronger. Yeah, I don't but, think anyone but would disagree. Gillespie, but Kevin Gillespie will tell you that it was an easier road. Oh, no He'll question. No question. So, you know, that that's something that, that would be important for Northwest. And, and seeding is important. You know, the, these non-conference games are important. You know, they're in a conference with East Forsyth, with Glenn, with Southwest Guild. It's, it's a tough league, so you know this is a game that they need. Last game we want to touch on very, very briefly, and this this might be this would be a game we'd probably be talking about most weeks. But with our schedule this week, this is one we just barely touch on. Is a great rivalry game in High Point at Simeon Stadium, Andrews and High Point Central. You know this this rivalry gets overshadowed a little bit by some of the others, but it's huge for the Red Raiders and the Bison. Andrews finally got a win last week, uh, first for John Patterson, their new coach this year, and alumnus. They beat Cummings 44 to nothing, which gives you a little bit of an indication of how they can match up with the two A's that they're going to face this year in their conference. This is a 4A team, High Point Central, and a team coming off of a win over Grimsley. So, you know, High Point Central's got some players. They've got Chavis Little, one of the better running backs around, Larry McLean. This is a good football team, and this is a good rivalry game. And like I say, it just gets a little bit overshadowed this week because of all the other great matchups that we have. Yeah, it's a it's a good rivalry. Um, these teams are both a little bit down from where they'd like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, if you're in High Point, you're split down the middle some way or another, and so it's big for those guys. Definitely. That's going to wrap it up for this week's HS Extra Football Pep Talk podcast. On Friday nights, we have scores. We have game recaps. We have photo galleries at our website, hsextra.com. Saturday's news and record always in print has coverage of the games that we are at, your scores and a wrap-up of the Friday night action. And you can follow us on Twitter during the games and throughout the week. My Twitter handle at Joe Serrera NR. And Spencer, you can follow at Turkin35. Thanks for listening.